Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Born Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by London's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm still enthusiastic about Japan, even though I probably won't be going anytime soon. <laughs> yes, I don't think anyone will be going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, my God. You've been on holiday for the last few weeks, Pete, haven't you? You've just been mm. disappeared off the face of the earth in a cave somewhere. Galavanton. And you've returned to London in the most surreal circumstances, haven't you? <laughs> I have, yeah. I was away for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm nice and sunburnt. Uh, and I've come back and London is very different indeed. Now, if you live in the arse of nowhere in England, uh, if you live in a town or a village, um, you probably see a lot of people wandering around because, you know, village life is very different to city life. But to see the entirety of Piccadilly Circus just completely bereft of people, to see Old Compton Street, completely bereft of people. The only people who are out are men taking pictures of how quiet it is. Therefore, making it's... the scene not as quiet as it should be. <laughs> it's just men going around going, oh my God, it's so quiet. I'm going to take some pictures of this. It's so <laughs> crazy. And I mean, you're right in the middle of it, right? Given you're in central London, they, they, does it must be really weird at the moment. Like every street quiet, every street empty, a bit like 28 days later, I'm imagining. It is That's very like uh, 28 days later. I, I ran to uh, the um, shop because I hadn't got any shopping in and I certainly didn't have enough toilet roll, but I did steal some from the aeroplane on the way back, uh, which is good. And <laughs> uh, I, um, and yeah, so I was like, um, Toddling around and um i, I was sort of fill up with stuff and yeah it it, it was like t- uh, 9 p.m last night so what's that a tuesday uh, monday night usually just mm. filled with tourists and people and there was no one around apart from the aforementioned men who seemed to find it alluring to take pictures of a completely empty piggly circus at uh, 9 p.m on a monday but it was it was just it's just fascinating it really is it is but i mean it's it's real for me because i'm obviously opposite end of the spectrum at the moment japan's one Mm. of the few countries where things are kind of normal and i don't it's ridiculous um like i just saw an event the other day the olympic torch the olympic flames here at the moment and fifty thousand people in sendai queued up to see it uh which probably wasn't a good idea because it's not as though japan has no cases um i think 
it's it's widely what the, the the opinion that's widely held at the moment is that Japan is kind of not doing a great job testing. The numbers are probably a lot worse than they are. I don't yeah. want to get. Like I don't want to go down that road too much. I don't want to talk about all that, but there's yeah, there's a lot of mixed messages. Like some people say that because because Japan is a low contact culture, people don't hug, people don't kiss, people don't touch. Maybe they're not spreading the virus, and maybe because people wear masks, they're also uh, can like they're passing it on less often. At the same time, there isn't a whole lot of testing going on. It's a paltry sum. I think the last time I looked, it was like three thousand tests or something ridiculous compared to other countries yeah. that have done tens of thousands of tests. So I don't entirely trust it, and uh, I don't know many people that do. So no, I feel like there, Japan there. should be taking a bit more action right now, to be honest. Even uh, even over here, it's quite clear that um, when like Iceland has tested half of their population, I know they've only got a few people living there, but uh, uh, when they've managed to test more people than probably the Japanese have, I think it's pretty ridiculous, and, and it's clear to a lot of the world that uh, Japan have a vested interest in keeping those cases down, even though the IOC uh, seem to be um, thinking, hey, guys, come on, <laughs> stop being silly. Uh, we can't do the Olympics yeah. this year. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a unique and interesting situation, but uh, Japan really need to be doing more when it comes to uh, testing because whether they have the Olympics or not, uh, obviously, it's going to be a big, big peer day either this year or, or next year. Um, they they need to be more responsible about their uh, their general populace. But yeah, you're right. It is a low contact uh, um, uh, population. Um, but uh, I don't buy those numbers necessarily. No, I don't either. And I mean, it was a the the Olympic torch uh, landed in an airport not too far from uh, Sendai, actually, here in Miyagi Prefecture. And uh, I, I read that as it got off the plane, it got blown out because it was a really windy day. <laughs> Bit of an omen there. Not not what you want to hear yeah. happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what does that tell you? But I mean, only yeah. this week have they talked about postponing the Olympics, um, not cancelling mm. it, just postponing it to 2021 i don't think that's ever been done before uh obviously japan's track record for having the olympics cancelled before wasn't great when it was cancelled 1940 because of world war ii uh and they I, one of the um one of the uh, ministers here who's i can't remember his name he's not a, he's a he's a reputation for making a lot of gaffes and saying things that probably should just right. be left unsaid uh but this guy said that every 40 years the Olympics is cursed because it was 1940, uh, World War II, 1980, uh, the Moscow Olympics, I think, were cancelled because of the Cold War, and now mm. again in 2020. Are the Olympics <laughs> cursed? Definitely. Maybe. Every 40 it years. Sounds, it sounds, sounds about right, the curse of the Olympics. There's plenty curse of curses Olympics. in sports. Uh, the oh, Benfica man. curse. Etc. It's it's interesting because obviously the um, football Euros have been postponed. Um, the football mm. ramble, which is um, one of one of my podcasts, so obviously we don't know what to talk about. It's really <laughs> really interesting. Football yeah. media is so saturated, like it's 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 a it's a micro economy in itself, effectively. Um, so we've just got a lot of football podcasts, a lot of football websites, a lot of football radio stations, a lot of football this and that. All of these commentators just kind of kicking the heels and kind of reviewing old matches. And uh, the football ramble have taken to oh, review uh, old. Um, football films. We did uh, the film oh, Goal last week, which was very fun. Uh, but so yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting times, especially I mean, you know I, um, we're personally affected, but uh, by the by the um, by the financial implications, certainly on the Ramble side. Um, uh, it's not just the fact that we don't have anything to talk about; it's the fact that people don't have commutes, so there'll be fewer people listening to even this podcast, the Broad Japan podcast, mm-hmm. and also um, you've got a situation where uh, advertisers 
are quite literally, uh, not quite literally, shitting their peas, <laughs> shitting their pants um, about <laughs> about uh, spending money. So so it is so we're in a situation where advertisers aren't spending. The podcast market is going to find it very very difficult to, to survive over the next few months uh, if indeed you make your money from podcasting. So it's 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 going to be. Uh, uh, a lot of people are cutting their cloth accordingly. Obviously, that pales in comparison to the, the human, uh, that... the human uh, death rate and, and, and all of the situation uh, that side. But but there is a massive financial implication everywhere in, in every corner of society with with the coronavirus situation. You, yeah, but is it not the case people sitting inside might want to listen to the podcast to just because it's going to be bored? Isn't a podcast? Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently, listening figures are, are down around the board. So uh, you, you'd be surprised how important podcasts are to people's um, to people's commutes. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think people will have a little bit more time to, to listen to them. But I think we forget that a lot of people have responsibilities at home. They're working from home. They don't necessarily want to do the things they associate with work necessarily. Uh, and also, a lot of people have kids, and they are slowly going insane. <laughs> Can imagine. Oh man, it's a terrible time. I mean, I'm most worried about um, you know friends and family back in the UK, uh, supermarkets running out of food, and the situation there seems pretty dire. And it's just crazy, like mm. how rapidly everything turned on its head, right, in the last kind of month and a half. Back when uh, you were over here for the Sapporo Snow Festival, yeah, it seemed like it might kind of fizzle out, or it seemed like it wasn't going to really kick off in Europe. It seemed like uh, you know Europe and the US kind of escaped. Uh, the wrath of the bloody virus and yet unfortunately not um and couldn't be worse than it is now oh more, man. more than anything else i think i think i think in the uk the, the problem is like we have this real kind of like idiotic blitz mentality where we're like you know if we give in to the if we don't go to the <laughs> shops every morning at eight o'clock and queue for for chops we're giving in to the terrorists we're giving in with a dunkirk spirit we we defeated the germans we'll defeat them again you know it's just like what are you fucking talking about yeah um, so every yeah. time something goes on it's the dunkirk spirit isn't it dunkirk spirit <laughs> so shut up and get on it honestly we're chatting but... to but we, we we're talking to um an Olympic, uh, I think, is he a medalist? Either way, he's, he's, he was a he's Team GB um, guy called Courtney, who's in the uh, gymnastics team, uh, right. and was hoping to get to the Olympics this year. And um, he was out in, um, uh, I think, he was out in Azerbaijan uh, for a few for a few days at, at a meet. And obviously, mm. a lot of people haven't even uh, qualified for the for the Olympics. And I was sort of saying to him, like, what happens when? there's like a fork in the road like this. Like what happens if like you're training, you're training, you're training, you're looking forward to, you know, qualifying for a particular tournament. What happens when the tournament doesn't happen? And he's gone, mate, like if you've got like an athletic mentality, um, you can't let these things kind of like sway you. You have to just keep on training. You're not training for the sake of competition. You're training because you love doing it and you want to be the best that you can be. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it and I was going, That's a, this is so difficult and so different to anything I've ever experienced. I'm so not competitive in any small way. You don't want to be the best podcaster you can be. You want to be the Have you best? heard this show? Have you heard any of my shows? No, <laughs> clearly not. I'm spread too thin, Chris. You do do a lot of podcasts at the worst <laughs> possible time. I'm sure it'll be all right. It'll all bounce back and we'll all live happily ever after. But a lot of people's holidays were ruined. Um, a lot of you guys have been messaging us um, about your stories. I mean, I, I think I talked in the, I think I said in the last podcast, I had about five or six friends coming over in April and one wedding oh, that's right, yeah. and another friend in May and every single one of them, it's, they're not coming now and the wedding's cancelled and it's really All odd. Right. My, my April's gone from being the busiest April I was ever going to experience to just me sitting in a room. 
like looking at a, <laughs> like a wall. And for some reason, me saying that line just triggered my iPad, uh, triggered Siri, and now my iPad's being really noisy. <laughs> what the hell? Cool. What the fuck? I didn't even hear Why that. that? <laughs> it's really creepy. Now it's listening to every word I'm, I'm saying. It's, it's oh, still God. talking the other side of the room. <laughs> what is wrong with Siri? It's just it's all falling apart. I can't take it anymore. It really is. What but, um so so what is like the, the the situation like? Um obviously you're 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 up north a little bit, but um mm. what what's the situation when it comes to seven elevens? Can I still get my coolish and my melon pan? Well, I mean the best way to think of it is imagine Japan is just normal, except Disneyland mm. is closed, and that is essentially yeah. what mm. the situation is. There are you know, now that the Olympics are not gonna happen, uh, it's not hundred percent confirmed, but Everybody knows it's not going to happen. Yeah. The the government has started talking a bit more about closing down Tokyo and putting Tokyo on a lockdown. Um, the mayor of Tokyo uh, recently mm. spoke about shutting it down, which might not be a bad idea. Because if you look yeah. at the videos, people are out in Hanami, cherry blossom season. They're having a right yeah. old time. All the venues are still open. Concerts are happening. Thousands of people in one room. It's all happening. And mm. uh, there's a sense of disbelief um, amongst most people in Japan. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of, why is nothing more being done? Why are people still going right. to work? Clearly, the government was worried about the Olympics and also they just want to keep the economy going because obviously Japan's economy isn't doing that great already. Uh, and mm. this would be the, you know, doing like shutting down the country and the Olympics being cancelled would be just shatter the economy on a massive scale. Um, yeah. Although it's inevitably going to happen now. But um, no, I mean, for the most part, I, I'm trying to stay indoors, even though there's no kind of message to stay indoors i'm trying to do it i'm trying to stay in as much as i can i'm still going to the gym which might sound like a mm. bit a bit silly but for some the gym i go to everyone has to sterilize the equipment after they've uh, after they've used it so every piece of equipment you use you have to get like these antibacterial wipes wipe down the entire equipment and then carry on to the next one oh um, is that is that just general practice anyway that's not just i um, think it is yeah no, it's just general yeah, practice people here that's cool very kind of nice about how they use the gym um yeah yeah um what else has happened oh the the deer you know the bowing deer of nara the deer that bow <laughs> yes, when you okay, give them a yeah, snack yeah and the ancient yeah. uh capital of nara they they because there's no tourists feeding them they're kind of running amok around the city they've just taken over the whole city so like, just down <laughs> every other street there's a deer just wandering around trying to get a piece I've of the got a lot of time for that yeah i've seen a couple of pictures of like deers in like tube stations because they're not getting fed out where the parks are they're sort of coming into the town and wandering around looking for food feeding off scraps because there's because you um the whole thing of that th- of nara park where you just walk in and there's just deers everywhere and you get given um or you, you rather buy for a couple of yen a couple of hundred yen um a packet of Packet of biscuits and you, and you, you feed them the biscuits. They're they're, they're quite de- delicious, I have to say. Uh, they're, they're they're not they're not uh, disgusting. So if you ever feed uh, a deer a biscuit, have a Are little have a little munch on first. Eating the the snacks at now. <laughs> you're confessing to eating the snacks that you feed the deer. That is, <laughs> was, that is bleak. I was. <laughs> it's kind of bleak. I was in. Um, Oh God, where would I have been? I think I was in a park in Fukuoka, maybe a temple actually. Uh, and there was this like little vending machine, and um, some of the, you know, I'm a big fan of ice, uh, Icelandic, uh, of ice cream, isokurima. Icelandic ice cream. Um, Icelandic ice cream. I'm a big fan of uh, Japanese ice cream, and um, 
some really? of the ice creams you can buy in no arcades, for example. I know, right? Uh, some of the uh, ice creams you can buy in arcades, um, they're like ice cream, but they're surrounded by like this kind of thin wafer sort of situation, and it, and they and it's in like little cubes. It's a really interesting sort of thing. So so you can hold it in your hand, uh, bite into it, and it doesn't melt all down your hand, and it's 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 quite cool. Um, and obviously, if you're playing arcade games, that's that's pretty awesome as well. <laughs> so you're not covering <laughs> the machine in crap. Um, uh, but I thought what I was buying was some kind of like wafer snack because uh, there was a picture of it. Um, and I, I, I put it was 100 yen. I was like, that's kind of cheap. So I put the 100 yen. And this wafer just fell to the bottom of this vending machine. And it wasn't wrapped in plastic or anything. And I was like, that's a bit weird because usually it's always wrapped in plastic because, you know, people are very, very um, uh, hygiene conscious in Japan. Um, and as soon as I pulled out of the vending machine, I realized uh, that it was filled with um, little pellets. And then as soon as I snapped it open to open, to get the pellets out, a million birds just descended on me. <laughs> it was insane. There were, there were these, their little talons were on my hands. They were sat on these big pigeons oh. were sat on my hands, grabbing their, uh, grabbing their little talons through my skin. I was like, Oh no, it's, it's pigeon food. I had no idea. So they actively encourage you to feed the <laughs> pigeons, uh, at this temple in, in Fukuoka. And I didn't know. And I came away scratched and confused and ice creamless. Scratched and confused. That is a bold move to feed pigeons at a temple. What, what was, I know. What they think? <laughs> just, just bird shit everywhere. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've heard uh, you know Buddhist temples like to have that connection with nature, but that's that might be taking things a little <laughs> bit too far. To be honest, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, I did think about going down to Nara and seeing the deer and getting some photos of these kind of deer wandering through the picturesque streets, but probably not a good idea given the coronavirus and actually there's um there was a there was talk of cases in hyogo prefecture and osaka uh going up massively in the next few days there's said to be some sort of outbreak of i think three thousand cases uh it's so not going to be going down there anytime soon which is a shame i really wanted to go to kyoto as well while it was kind of empty but i guess even when things are recovering you know i could probably go down there and when things have kind of died down a bit it'll still be kind of quiet um Mm. but I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been asking, when's the best time to come to Japan now? If you've cancelled your trip in March, April, May. Uh, most of the friends that I know that have cancelled, they are going to be coming kind of September, October, November. So I'd recommend around then. It's still a great time to visit Japan, um, as Pete can also attest to. It's a lovely time yeah, to visit, I isn't it? So that's the best time if you're going to switch in my view can you hear you probably you probably can't hear it but there's a um there's a homeless man um i don't think he's I, he might not be homeless but he's a he's a certainly a, a bit of uh, a bit of a street legend uh, on my street is this irish um uh, guy who just sings he's got a beautiful voice he looks like he looks like shit but he's got a beautiful voice <laughs> it's kind of like drunk Are you man. singing right now he's, He's just got this beautiful, sweet singing voice, and he sings these beautiful uh, Irish sort of lullabies as he walks down wow. the street. But but it does. I have moved my little podcast box to the front room, um, so I am worried that a lot of my podcasts will just have this beautiful Irish singing in the background. Well, I can't hear it. So if any of you guys can hear it, it's a little oh. bonus. Typical, isn't it? <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. It's wonderful. You have to one up me on everything. I've got Siri. <laughs> Like yeah, noisily in the background along. going, what do you want? I can't hear what you're saying. Can you say it again? And you've got an elegant Irish singer in your mm. street. <laughs> yes, yeah. Always swigging from a bottle of rum. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. But uh, no, I mean, what did you did you see the Sapporo video, by the way? I did watch the Sapporo. Of course I did. It had me, it had me in it, mate. 
I, I tell no, you what, if you ever want to have, if, if, if you ever want to have like a, I mean, we were together for like two days and you made that look like uh, the, A, the most fun ever. And it was fun, uh, but you made it look like, the, you made it look like I wasn't freezing all of the time uh, during that trip. If you ever want to sort of have a legendary holiday, just spend a couple of days with Chris and have him film you because it just makes everything, it just makes your like holiday feel just that little bit more awesome because I'd say that's just you, know, you to be honest you're the cool. sort of person who's kind of shy quiet and reserved but then you, you kind of turn the camera on Pete and he like comes to life it's like a different character yeah because I'm a goddamn I'm a goddamn performer I'm, like just, I'm helping you out Chris alright <laughs> you were good though I mean you were the life and soul of the Sapro video if you haven't checked it out guys it is on the Abroad in Japan channel I actually made that video I wasn't really going to do anything with it I was just playing around mm. with my GoPro uh, and I was, I was thinking, you know, I love oh, how you again. say GoPro, GoPro, GoPro. Or what do you say then? Clever. <laughs> I point. say GoPro, but I mean, Go I mean, I'm, I'm Northern Anna, GoPro. But you say GoPro, GoPro, my GoPro, my croissant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't going to make a video, but then I was I filmed some stuff and it was quite fun. And then I was going to put right. it on the second channel, and then I edited it for like a week or two. And by the end of it, I was like, all right, this is good enough to go on the main channel. Yeah, it's a little bit indulgent. There's not much educational value, but I think it's a lot of fun. If you haven't watched it, check it out. What What are some of the highlights? Uh, you burnt your mouth out on some takoyaki filled with mustard. That's, right, That's yeah. probably my highlight. And your camera, the 8mm. My Super 8. I think that's going to be quite difficult to get uh, to get processed now because <laughs> obviously everything's yes. on shutdown and I imagine all that non-essential businesses are uh, shut down. Mind you, it is going to Germany who seem to be largely untouched in the grand scheme of things with the coronavirus they've, they've um it's very interesting how differently their story has gone compared to places like italy and spain and um even places like uh, uh i think switzerland are quite high in the in the list interesting well if we talk if we're going back to the old kind of social contact right the um the, like we said japan is a low contact culture i don't if that's i don't know if that's the technical phrase it's what i've heard a lot but obviously people here don't hug kiss touch just have fun in general really whereas yeah. in italy <laughs> they kiss they hug they're very kind of mm. and, and obviously younger people spend a lot of time with the elderly generation they're kind of really good at like uh, social relationships in, in italy mm. and i think that's probably why it's much worse there amongst other reasons yeah but, as for Germany, I don't know. Not going to be, yeah, I don't know. Turns out we are not pandemic experts, but there are a lot of people no. on Twitter who seem to think they are. <laughs> yes. I mean, I kind of regret, I think, I, I can't remember if it was before our recent podcast, but I made a video about the coronavirus, didn't I? Um, just talking about the situation in Japan mm. a month ago. And I hate that video now. Because I'm like, oh, it's bad, but it'll be good. Don't worry. It'll, it'll, it'll sort itself out. It'll be wonderful. And that's really bad. And I hate that video. And I look yeah, like an idiot. Yeah, but... Absolute <laughs> mug. Because I'm like well, prophesizing how brilliant it'll all be and how it'll all just go away. And it hasn't. And it's much mm. worse. And I look like an idiot. Well, I, I hate to, to kind of conflate terrorism with a, a mass outbreak of a, a pandemic. Um, but um, with... The younger, slightly younger generation, certainly people in their twenties, I've sort of noticed a real marked kind of like real sort of deep seated fear about the future and 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 how everything is going to fall together. Because you know, when you're in your twenties, like you are, Chris, um, you're still forming ideas about what the world is and how the world works. And the last few years, anyway, has kind of experienced like so much. Certainly in London, like 
a lot of terrorism every every few months, you know, like bits and you know, the Manchester bombings. Like I just think there's a lot there's a lot of um kids like probably a lot younger than you, Chris, but but who are fearful of, of of being in a big city fearful of uh of, of living a normal life and i think this sort of thing can really affect people's mental health obviously it can with any with any mm. pandemic but like it can really sort of um it can really sort of mess with people's heads and i've sort of noticed the people who work um for my company and, and a couple of others um they seem to be affected a little bit more and i think it's the responsibility for people who are a little bit all sort of go look you know, shit like this happens. You know, we we've had things like this in the past. This is the first time uh, we've had social media, so there's a lot more chat and uninformed chat at that. There's just a lot more misinformation and disinformation mm. um, uh, throwing or getting thrown around. So, look, it will get better, um, but it'll have to get a little worse before it gets better. But this is just what living life is all about. Just be careful, guys. All right. Well, I mean, it's funny you should bring that up because I mean, I've I've spent the last kind of week or two just indoors, and I, I forgot to mention I I went to go and see Natsuki last week for the first time in a while. All right, and get a much needed haircut. It's gonna be magical. It's gonna be wonderful. And I got there, mm. we went out for a drink, and um, I ended up with food poisoning somehow. I think oh, no. it was some dodgy pork I ate. Uh, do you know what an otoshi <laughs> is? You never heard of otoshi? No, otoshi. So do you know you get a seating charge at like a bar or restaurant? Often you go in oh, yes, 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 and you have to pay like 500 yen just to sit down, right? Sometimes it is eye-wateringly high for the Western app. It yeah. doesn't really understand what the hell is going on. That's you. That's, you're a big spender, Pete. Look, I don't mind spending money. I do not mind spending money and and, uh, and, and over-tipping and stuff like that. But so I was in a bar um, that was dedicated to Chuck Berry, I believe. It was certainly a very what? Chuck Berry heavy. Um, and it was like... It was. It amused me because Chuck Berry was a, a noted pervert. But, um, but uh, we were at Chuck Berry bar, and I think the cover charge of something like twenty, uh, sorry, uh, two thousand yen, um, which was high. Um, I think you got one drink in that, and it's just like oh, this is this is beyond the pill. One little Brilliant. cheap lager for for almost like seventeen quid. Good God, Chuck Berry would be proud. Um, which reminds <laughs> me of Natsuki <laughs> Berry, the surreal experience yes. that was Natsuki Berry. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was going out for a drink Natsuki, got the Otoshi, um, which was this, in this case, so you pay the seating charge, you sometimes get something kind of complimentary. It can be like a dish or something. In this case, right. I got some pork dish and it was a bar. It wasn't a restaurant and I don't think they're very good at doing food there. Nevertheless, I was a little bit drunk and I ate it. And about three hours later, I was the most violently sick I'd ever been in my life for five <laughs> to six hours from like 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. By the end of it. I, just, I was really like ready to go to the hospital because I just had like no fluid in my body. I was just like <laughs> a pile of skin crumpled on the floor, no water in me at all. Uh, and so I, yeah, I was, I was kind of wiped out for two or three days. I didn't get the haircut. Uh, that was, that was the worst of it. No haircut. So I still look like I've got a rug on my head. But, uh, <laughs> while I was in bed feeling just dead and terrible, uh, I was just sat there and just read headlines for all all like all those two days i was just strapped into the internet watching the world kind of fall apart and since then you know i've i've been trying to do videos trying to get things done but i just i keep going back to twitter i keep reading the news and it's just so depressing and rubbish and I've yeah get off the social to, well yeah i mean I, i've been trying to write some kind of comedy funny videos right try and lift the spirits of people but because i'm kind of depressed and not very happy I'm having trouble writing them. I just can't find 
the like just can't find a sense of humor to write to make the damn videos so i've just sort of sat here the last few days not doing a lot feeling a bit rubbish um so yeah it sucks what you what you said was i I definitely resonated with me and i can definitely relate to that um Mm. as i am in my 20s i'm a a young lad i'm (laughs) in my 20s for another three weeks and then (laughs) then i'm 30 no birthday just in a room in quarantine brilliant When's your when's your birthday? I must I must write it into my diary. Yeah, I mean I'll be waiting for those presents to come through, Pete. Oh, I don't know. Well, when when is your birthday? I don't know when your birthday. When's my birthday? Twenty first of April. Oh, so it's before mine then. Yeah, isn't your birthday in April? Yeah, thirtieth. There you go. So we should exchange presents. (laughs) That'll cheer us both up. That'll cheer us both up. Yeah. <laughs> That'll cheer us up, but yeah, I'm going to be 30 in April, and uh, doesn't feel like there's a lot to look forward to right now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Anyway, <laughs> let's cheer ourselves up with some Japanese learning. Um, we've Yay! heard some words here. We heard about the deer, the deer of Nara. Um, do you know what the word for deer is in Japanese? Shoot. I don't know. I don't know what the word for deer is, actually, thinking about it. It is shika. 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 It's quite a short one. Ah. S-H-I-K-A, shika. Ah. Um, so what, if we make a simple ever... sentence, shika gairu, shika gairu. What's 
They're there, innit? Um, they're there, in <laughs> I saw some photos of you back from your trip. Uh, yeah. And you had a nice suntan. You had a very nice suntan. Uh, yeah. Always, so always burn first, then I start to peel, and then I get a little tan. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you looked some. <laughs> you looked a bit sunburnt after our little fishing trip a few weeks ago as well, <laughs> for an hour. Uh, yeah. But do you know what the word for sunburn is? This is quite a useful one, actually. You hear this quite a lot in summer. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, no, I don't actually know that. Hiake. 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 And it's the. You can say it's a. It's a suru verb. So hiake suru. So in your case, right. hiake shimashita. Uh, hiake. The kanji for it is day um, or sun, uh, followed by kind of the one for grill or to burn. Hiake. Ah, right. so if you, you can say is, um, the sun, the sun kanji looks like um, a chest of drawers. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I really want you to make a book of kanji characters with you describing how they look, because <laughs> we still some, some people the out kanji- there. Still haven't cracked the code to learn learning. I always, I always think with like mnemonics and stuff. I always think that it's kind of, um, it's they're very personal. So I was like reading a kanji book that sort of mm. gives you all of these things, and it's like, no, I wouldn't do it like that. <laughs> I don't know why. And they're all very sensible and stuff, and they make sense. But you're like, there's someone else's drawings, and if you're in any way artistically artistically uh, inclined, um, it's intensely personal. You say, oh, that doesn't look like an eagle. That looks like uh, an old shoe. So <laughs> it's, it's like. <laughs> It, that's the difficulty of reading someone else's uh, idea of what something looks like. Well, with um, the the Japanese learning method for kanji that I used and I always preach people to use is the Heisig method, like a big textbook. Mm. And it doesn't teach you how to read how they're pronounced, but it, le- it teaches you kind of the meaning behind each character and how to draw them. Right. And it kind of starts off telling you this is what it looks like. It looks like the sun or it looks like a chest of drawers, as you put it. Um, you know, they <laughs> kind of give you ways of looking at it and then as it progresses as you get to like 500 kanji uh in of the 2200 kanji it kind of in, like encourages you to make up your own stories and use your imagination a bit more um right which i think is the best way to do it it really worked for me yeah. but um yeah definitely the, the key is to make it personal and use your own mm. interpretations right let's turn our attention to the fax machine what have we got this week mr donaldson We've got an email slash message from Anthony Maury. I know Tony Maury, who's very lovely, so I hope you're as lovely as it's that the guy. Same. Uh, hi, guys. My name is Anthony, and I'm a Peruvian-American living in upstate New York. In, in last April, I visited Japan for 10 days, and I spent Hiroshima. I spent time in Hiroshima and Osaka. Thanks to the Rabbit Island video on the channel, I decided to go and check it out while waiting for my bus from Hiroshima Station to the port of uh, Taranumi. Um, I think I got a taxi from Hiroshima to Taranumi, actually. <laughs> very wasteful uh, financially. Uh, I went to the food court and grabbed a quick bite to eat about halfway through my meal a japanese woman came over and in pretty good english asked me (laughs) if i wanted to arm wrestle her friend i of course (laughs) said i would love to i quickly finished my meal and walked over to their table where a a middle-aged man with a shaved head was eagerly waiting for me we began arm wrestling and i won the first round fairly easily before the second round started he looked at me in the eyes and in broken english said this is oriental magic and proceeded to lightly pinch my bicep then, as we started the round, he said, full power, and used his whole upper body to try and bring my arm down. But in the end, I still beat him. I felt bad, and I ended up apologizing to him and his friend. Uh, my question to you guys is, was I wrong to not let him win? Or would I have, I have offended um, him more if I did? Sorry for the long email. I hope you guys are doing well, and your families are in good health. I'm sorry. Full I... power! 
<laughs> I'm so glad you read that out because I wouldn't have been able to. I would just laugh. <laughs> That's probably the best story I've ever heard. Um, just for the line, <laughs> this is Oriental magic, full power, <laughs> and then still loses. Brilliant. Oh my god, couldn't make that up. And yet, that is quite a common thing. Have you ever had that? Have you ever experienced an arm wrestle arm battle no. in Japan? Uh, no, I, I really haven't. I, 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 it's really common. I, I'm all scared that um, someone might break my arm. Because <laughs> you see those arm re- those professional arm wrestlers, the amount of times yeah. where they just, their, their arm just goes, and you're like, oh, that's horrible. I yeah, I've seen some pretty horrible event. Uh, yeah, I've seen some pretty bad ones. But I mean, I it it's quite common if you're in an izakaya or a pub or somewhere like in Tokyo. Um, I know my good friend Yuki, uh, who you've met, Yuki. Yeah, you may have seen ladies and gentlemen the Marmite. Yeah, the Marmite guy. It's the best way to know him. Um, Marmite or tiny beer. He loves a good arm wrestle. Whenever we drink, he's like, "Yeah, that's arm wrestling," and then we have to do it, and then he wins because he's got a good arm. Um, and then he's like, yeah, I'm the best. And then it's quite a common thing. I don't know why. Maybe it's about masculinity. <laughs> Maybe it's just oh, a Oh, yes, little... it's definitely about masculinity. All the problems definitely in the world are about masculinity, Chris. Every I... problem in the world is the fragile male ego. <laughs> I, I mean, I want a better arm so I can take on Yuki and take on the many men of Japan that want to show me oriental magic. Um, but, yeah, yeah, if you come to Japan, don't be surprised if someone at a bar tries to get you into an arm wrestle because it's quite common mm. and just hope you I win. Think, well uh, done, Anthony. I That's think great. after a, um, three or four weeks of isolation, I think there's a lot of men who are going to have stronger arms. Hey. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hey. Shocking. Um, Elizabeth from Denmark says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm a long-term subscriber. I love the podcast too. Listen every week. Thanks for listening. Uh, I have a few questions for you both to answer. What has been your favourite podcast you've made and why? And Chris, Ooh. what's been your favourite video to make and why? And another question for you both. Oh, greedy. If you had to get a job in Japan, apart from a YouTuber or a teacher, what would it be? All the best, Elizabeth from Denmark. Uh, okay, that's an interesting one. What's your favourite podcast we've made and why, Pete? Put you on the oh, spot. Um, <laughs> I like those ones where we sort of um, give people like a, a plan of action, you know, 48 hours plan in Japan or, or kind of like um, 10 off the beaten track kind of places to, to go, etc. I, th- I like those kind of ones. They're cool. Yeah, what we're giving people tangible benefits to listening. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, we've got one next week that's going to hit that mark but uh, for me i'd say the least favorite podcast we've made are the ones where we walk around the street with like microphones and trying to get run over while talking um, i don't know why you hate those <laughs> i hate them i hate them and the best one i've made you know there's i quite like the one we did in kobe where we were just finishing up journey across japan with pete segment mm. and we just sat in an attic in a random scary big house up a mountain that was quite fun or yeah that was cool Probably, I, I really like the first few podcasts we did in the studio in Absolute Radio when we first started out because I felt like I'd made it. I felt big time <laughs> being in the Absolute Radio uh, studio near um, Piccadilly Circus in London. I felt like, yes, mm. I'd made it. And then Pete left his job and we're never going to go there again. So, Well, so in many ways, Chris, to be honest, uh, in the middle of the coronavirus um, uh, uh, pandemic, we're uh, a lot of the DJs have uh, taken to recording their shows from home. So in that many ways, the they followed our model than, rather than we hey. followed theirs. <laughs> Leading the pack, abroad in Japan. What's been my, <laughs> what's been my favourite video to make and why? Oh, it's going to take me a few minutes to work that out. Pete, while I think, if you had to get a job in Japan, apart from a YouTuber, 
or a teacher, what would it be? Well, I um, probably people have romantic fantasies about opening a little bar, a little Izakaya uh, somewhere, and and just. But the problem is they're really small, and just people are quite annoying enough. To, I just have to talk to them all the time, so I don't think that that would be my. Uh, gig but i do like it when you're in like a tiny little bar in somewhere like golden guy or somewhere like that and there's only three in there and then a man will appear uh with supplies and he'll just come in like and deliver you know beer and wine and he'll be the delivery guy so i'd quite like to be a delivery guy that would be cool yeah just delivering like big old um uh vessels of beer and i think they call them barrels these days (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the kids uh, and booze and serviettes and you know raw materials chips and pork and stuff like that lovely nice one i mean i, I it's it'll be ridiculous for me to try and choose a single video that i um like that i think is the best i think the one that i'm most proud of is actually the most one of the most recent ones the one about the tsunami documentary where if you look carefully you can see pete on a boat in the background i was quite proud oh, of yeah. that um i quite like the teaching one that also came out recently i thought it was quite a funny and it was really nostalgic it's um I, I made a video about teaching and kind of talked about my experience as a teacher and it forced me to look back at a time in my life that i kind of forgot about i kind of because i look forward so much i never look back and i'd almost forgotten a lot of those kind of memories from that three-year period as a teacher and by making that video i really had to go back and think long and hard about all the moments that i'd had uh, and experiences in a way that i don't normally do so i enjoyed that and not only that but the video did really well and got like a million views in a week so mm. it was a fun video to make and it did well so those are two ones that i like um also the matsuyama video in uh journey across japan where i had to meet a stranger in a uh, in the city of matsuyama in shikoku and get like a tour for the day quite enjoyed that it's quite adventurous and fun so those ones there yeah but good questions good questions elizabeth thanks mm. for asking Check out the uh, videos. Yeah. What we got next? Uh, the uh, email is from uh, Juan Carlos Escalante, which is an excellent name. Uh, my question is with regards to hugging and physical con- contact in Japan and not discussing such things as rather taboo, what with COVID uh, ravaging through the world at the moment. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on hugging in Japan. You see, last year I backpacked Japan for about three months, starting in Sapporo in April and working my way down towards uh, Aoshima in July. Beautiful. Wow. Uh, hot as well, I imagine. Good Lord. Uh, it was the greatest experience of my entire life and I hope to see more of the country again someday soon. During my time, I notice differences in the mannerisms of the people from each town, namely with regards to physical contact. I don't mean to generalise or stereotype, but it seemed that the further away I was from Tokyo, the more likely a local person would initiate a hug with me. Now, for the record, I never initiated a hug in Japan because I'm aware that sometimes that is not part of their culture. But it seemed like the people of Fukuoka and Hokkaido, particularly the young people and the university students, had different ideas and were keen to shatter that no-hug stereotype. Do you feel uh, that, uh, do you find it to be true that the further away you are from Tokyo, the more huggy people tend to be? Or was it just pure chance and I happened to meet Japan's most extroverted people? Thanks again, guys. Don't forget, wash your hands. Juan Carlos. Interesting one. Wow, that's really cool. And what an adventure. Mm. Sapporo to Aoshima. Aoshima is the island just off the coast of Kagoshima, isn't it? I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Aoshima. Like no, Aoshima is the... Um, is that the volcano? Or am I thinking of Kagoshima? I forget. You're, you might be right, yeah. I know which one no, you're thinking No, I of. think Aoshima is the one that is connected to the land with like this weird little walkway, and it's called the Devil's Washboard. Uh, beautiful part of the world. Very surfy. Oh, I'm going to look it up. I think... I think Ryotaro, uh, yeah, you might be right. 
You might be right. It's, uh, it's really stunning there. I stayed there for a while and went to Kagoshima, and then it just started to rain every day, so we ran away. <laughs> Brilliant. As you do. I I must say, I, I haven't really... I mean, I find people in general just don't hug in uh, Japan unless they've lived overseas and have kind of like adopted that culture. I think mm. I've hugged Natsuki once when I was leaving uh, Yamagata Prefecture after I'd been there three years and we'd lived nearby and we'd hung out every week. He was really sad because he thought I was actually just leaving Japan for good. And he <laughs> cried a little bit and he gave me a hug. And that was, I think, the only time we've ever hugged. Um so extenuating, like serious events like that. Some of the teachers hugged me goodbye as well when I left. So I think, um, yeah, it happens for big major events maybe. But generally in Japan, people just don't hug uh, at all. So you got lucky. Yeah. You got lucky. Maybe they liked you, <laughs> Juan Carlos. But uh, mm. well done. And what a great trip. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, Pete from London. Could be, could be you. Mm. Hi, I just say hi, Chris. Doesn't even say hi, Chris and Pete. So maybe it definitely is you. Hi, Chris. <laughs> I went straight to the soundboard when abroad Japan, uh, com went live and set Natsuki's go fuck yourself message as my message tone. Cut to, that's never a good idea. Cut to two yeah. days later in line at the post office when someone texted me and my phone was heard by all. Uh, three people in front of me turned to look at me and I did the only thing I could think of, turn around and look at the guy behind me. Cheeky. Uh, please let your listeners know that I've taken the liberty of setting up an Abroad in Japan fan group on Facebook for everyone to join and socialise and share our love for Natsuki. Kind regards, Pete from London. And he didn't link the fan group and I wasn't able to find it. I do remember this message. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. Brilliant. I don't know. Yeah, I looked it up, couldn't see it. But uh, good job with the go fuck yourself message. I, I like that. That's a good story because when we launched the soundboard on abroadinjapan.com, which you should definitely check out, and there is unfortunately an absence of Pete Donaldson quotes on there at the moment, but we're working on it. Uh, it's been great seeing how different people have used the uh, the uh, the clips, and I'm glad that somebody said, go fuck yourself, uh, as a message tone. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. Uh, nice one. Nice one. What we got next? Uh, what have we got next? We've got a final email from Valestra. Hello, Valestra. Hello, British antiques man and coolish man. Like antiques man? Um, What's that? Uh, <laughs> it's not a clue. Um, <laughs> I work for a health insurance company here in Phoenix. Lovely. And I noticed that you guys haven't touched up on Japanese healthcare. And I'm curious as to what it's, what it's like for uh, foreigners. How will you compare it? What are your good, bad experiences? And lastly, Pete, the odd question of the day for you is, while Chris fights bears with his British antiques, what would you uh, fight a bear with? Oh. Uh, uh, respectful <laughs> distance. long and hard. <laughs> what did Respect you say? for my gigantic Ursine friend, I imagine. I... I, now I remember we did talk about British antiques using them as a weapon. I remember it all very well. Um, yeah, Japanese healthcare is pretty good. I've only been to the doctors once. I've only been sick like properly once in Japan, not including the recent food poisoning. Um, and I've only had to go once, and it was a little bit mental. Like the doctor had like a torch on his head, like a miner, like a, this big torch strapped to his forehead. And he couldn't speak much English. And I remember going in and I had a really bad sore throat. And I had it for like uh, about two weeks. And I went in, sat down in the chair, opened my mouth. And he looked in with his torch. And presumably my throat was quite swollen and red because he went, oh, mm. and fell off, like almost fell off his chair backwards um, just because he was so shocked by my red throat. And uh, he went, oh, my God. And then he got, he turned to the table 
and the table had like, <laughs> this is true, a bit of paper and some crayons. And he spent at least 90 seconds drawing my throat in silence uh, with a red <laughs> crayon. And then right. he went, this, this your throat. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> and, and then like he had, he had no less than uh, three nurses like uh, just standing around in the same room. And right. like two of them whipped me off to a side room, stuck a drip in my arm, like uh, one of those drips, and just left me there in silence without really saying anything. And I was really <laughs> confused by it. And that was my experience with a doctor in Japan. Seems to be pretty good, oh. generally. So uh, <laughs> you, I think you get health insurance. If you're with a company, you do get some health insurance, um, which pays for a portion of it, I think half. Um, but no, healthcare in Japan is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, and that's that's all you need to know. Just if you get a sore throat, expect a theatrical performance from the doctor. It's glorious. Um, keep the stories, comments, questions coming in to Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com, guys. I hope you're all staying safe. Stay clean. But for now, we'll be back same time next week to do it all over again. Stay safe. Stay clean. Have a great week if you can. Good luck. Stay frosty. ominous ending. It's ominous ending. Cheer us up, Pete. <laughs> Say something happy. Say something uh, nice. Goodbye, goodbye, everyone. Don't touch your face. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.